0: The Business is brought to you by Audible.com.
1: Everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Married with a Business. I'm Craig. And I'm Allison. And we're Married with a Business. We're here to share tips, tricks, stories, a little bit what it's like to be a married couple that own and operate a business together. Allison, how have you been doing lately?
0: I've been doing great. My cousin, who is the same age as me, is back from Germany for a year or so. Her husband's in the military and she's been living in Germany for the last two or three years with her husband and her kids who are the same age as our kids and they have been stationed near us at the naval war school so we've gotten a chance to see them a couple of times in the last couple weeks and it's been really nice to be together again
1: yeah you and her were really close when you were young and then when she got married, she got married to somebody in the military and then she like they just traveled a ton. Like they haven't been stateside in what feels like forever.
0: Yeah, so we're the babies of the family. We're the same we're a couple of months apart and then the next oldest cousins are five years older than us. So there's so we grew up a lot and did a lot of things together when we were younger and so it's nice to have her back and her kids are the same age and into similar things. So she has two girls and we have two boys. So we got to go down to Newport and be with them for the day and then they came came up and we took them out on the lake at my parents' house and had a cookout, so it's been nice because we know we only have a short window of time before they get stationed somewhere else again.
1: Yeah, I think that her, like, approach to being back in the Northeast, close to her family and friends is is very thought out and calculated by her because they they haven't lived here in over a decade, if not more. And so it is an opportunity for her to spend time with people that she usually doesn't get to spend time with.
0: The amount of things that they have done in the last four months since they have been home, we haven't done in the, in the 12 years we've lived in town. So
1: it's just amazing. Yeah, I have to credit her for being, like, so... Intentional about, like, I'm going to be back in this area for a short period of time. I want to make sure I spend time with my cousins and my friends who still live in the area. It's, it's you know, kind of inspiring.
0: And it prompted us to have a family reunion, and everybody except for us, because we were away and another cousin was there, and I think it was the first time since we were all children that we had been... That we've been together. I'm I'm in my mid 40s, and so my oldest cousin is in his 60s, and our aunts and uncles are in their 70s and 80s. When
1: well, I think you go through these these uh, seasons of life, if you will, where it's like you see all your extended family at weddings, at weddings, at weddings, and then you see all your extended family at funerals and funerals and funerals. So it's nice to see extended family for not either of those reasons,
0: just to be together. <laughs> yeah,
1: just to just to be together. Speaking of being together, we're interviewing another couple this week that work together
0: in a family business yeah
1: and, and you know what was funny about this interview that we're gonna let you listen to it, it's really interesting to hear how much their life sort of parallels ours so take a minute here and listen to mac and Brittany davenport uh they own a serve pro franchise cape Girardo and scott county Surf pro uh take a few minutes and listen to the our interview with them Show happy to be talking to Mac and Brittany Davenport. They own Serve Pro of Cape Girardeau and Scott counties, and our husband and wife team working together. Mac and Brittany, thanks for joining us. Tell us a little bit about how you guys met.
2: Um, so well i start at the beginning, we we met in college at Missouri Baptist University. Um, I went on a soccer scholarship there, and she was doing musical theater. Uh, um, she was way smarter than me. So, and is way smarter than me. So she was on academic scholarship. Um, but we met actually doing a, a show, um, our friend, my freshman year, her sophomore year. So we met on stage and I had this crazy pipe dream of being the next Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> uh, and I decided we'll, we'll let Leonardo have that opportunity and we'll do this other thing. So, <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Craig and I also met in college yeah. and, um, Very like,
1: similar to the theater department. Yeah. in the theater department as well. Um, That's all. so talk to me a little bit about like how you guys came to working in a business together. How did that, how did that happen?
3: Um, I grew up in the SurfPro system. So we are in the SurfPro franchise system. Um, my parents were in it. My dad got into the Surpro system back in 1980, I believe. Um, had a franchise out, out, off on the East coast over in Delaware, um, worked there, bought it, sold it to his sister, moved out to Missouri and nothing with nothing, but his truck really and equipment, um, was there, started in St. Louis. Um, that's where he met my mom. My mom was not in the business. When they got married, she had her own job after a little bit, she started to get involved and that became, um, a duo thing. Then they sold that franchise up in St. Louis and moved down to Southeast Missouri, um, where our current franchise is. We are surf pro of Cape Girardeau and Scott Counties, which they started in September of 1992. So I was born into the surf pro system. I always said that I would never own a surf pro franchise. I was not going to do surf pro. Um I went off and did musical theater because that's what I thought was fun. Um, but I got encouragement from my parents along the way. Um, neither one of them were have any type of business degree, um, but they are – Entrepreneurs in the truest sense. Um, and so my mom has a criminal justice degree. My dad has an elementary education degree, um, and he did teach for a while, but they just encouraged me hey, do whatever you want, get a degree. That's what's important. So I did that, and it was fun. Uh, when it came time, I graduated, I got my master's, and I was unable to find any work. I was trying to find co- collegiate voice teaching positions, um, and I just my resume wasn't beefed up enough to get me in the door. Um, and so wasn't getting any feedback with that. And we had talked about um, where he he wasn't incredibly happy where he was. And we just felt like it was time to make a transition. So I called my parents um, and asked them, hey, if we move back to the Cape area, would you have a job for me? And my mother was shocked. Um, but she, of course, said yes. They hundred percent made up a job for me. I was hoping that they wouldn't just make up a job for me, but they totally did. Um, and so we got started there. It was supposed to be a temporary ish thing. Um, it was never like full-time I'm jumping in, um, but just to see, Hey, do you like this? Is this something that a legacy that I would like to continue? Um, and along the way, Matt got involved.
2: Yeah. So in, and I had, my degree was in pastoral ministry. So um, my, my, you know, long-term vision was to be a pastor at a church and to plant churches and things like that. And, um, obviously the Lord was doing something different than that. So we moved down to Cape and one day I was working on my master's and one day they were like, Hey, we are really busy in the business and need extra hands to produce work. And I said, yeah, I'll help. Absolutely. Sure. And so kind of similar. It was like a temporary thing. I was a temporary worker, and then the production manager at the time was like, "Hey, we're just just keep coming, keep coming in until things kind of level out." And then one day he came to me. He's like, "Hey, doesn't look like things are going to level out anytime soon. You just want a job here?"
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I said sure. So I started working full time as a production technician, um, doing water and fire mitigation work and. Um, and then one day, her parents asked me to step into a business consultation role. Um, we did area training for all the Missouri franchises at the time. And they were like, Well, we need another business consultant. And would you be interested in doing that? And I said, Sure. And I have no idea what that looks like or what that's about. <laughs> and I don't have a business degree, so I'm not sure I'm going to be very helpful. But uh, learned everything there was to learn. ServPro um, is great with their training um, and their intentionality to train on process procedure is phenomenal. So it was really easy um, to learn all I needed to. And so that just, it led into eventually, like the conversation was, we're thinking about retiring. Would you guys consider buying ownership of our business and transitioning with us? And we just, we prayed through it and thought, sure why why wouldn't we you know not sure if this is exactly what we want to do but we'd kind of be foolish not to pursue it for a season and see where it goes so
1: yeah and it's it's funny Mac because uh we were connected with you guys with uh Jen and kate through Murphy business solutions and it's funny I now I understand why she connected us because your story and our stories are like so similar it can be frightening because <laughs> Allison's father. Allison came into her family's business um, and worked in it. And then I came in uh, years later, and, and it's very, very s- similar. Uh, what? Tell me, like that transition for you guys in the family business from them to you. How tough was that? Being that you know, and we see it in our in our side, like you know, dad's been involved for years. Dad ran it this way, and we have these ideas. Maybe how's that been for you guys? That that transition from one generation to the next.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: I think you probably both have different <laughs> stories here. Yeah.
2: There's probably di- differing perspectives <laughs> a little bit. I, I um, The way that I summarize it to most people is it's a dance. Um, you know, there are times where someone leads and someone follows and both people's toes are stepped on. Um, and, as you transition from this person leads and this person follows to the one that follows now leads, there's a lot of toes stepped on. <laughs> um, because now we're trying to figure out how to lead uh, an organization that's been led a certain way uh, for a long period of time. And
3: while also strength, trying to be ourselves in the process, not trying to replicate exactly what they have.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good point because, you know, I feel like for a season, I I've tried to lead operations from not my own um, perspective, but trying to run it as if I were um, Brittany's dad or her mom. And, and, and that doesn't work well, you know, it's not me, it's not the way that I would run it or lead it. And so um, gaining trust with them along the way that I'm not intentionally going to do anything that would really jeopardize our business or, or anything like that, obviously, because it hurts my family too now. Um, And then there's the perspective of employees that, you know, they see a second generation a certain way um, and whether their perspective is right or not, it's their reality. Um, And so showing the team that, you know, we're here for them and for their benefit because we're for the company as a whole. And we want the company to succeed. And um, and, be, and if the company succeeds, everybody involved succeeds. And um, so showing them that we truly care. We're not just here to reap benefit that we don't work for. Um, you know, and then there was a there was a season and recently this season where transitions happened with personnel because, you know they work for Brittany's parents, and they don't work for us. And they were here because of um, Sandy and Richard. And um, and and I appreciate some of the comments along the way that we need to build our own team and hire our own staff. And um, I think that there's a certain level of truth to that. But yeah, I I think it's I think it's been a dance for sure. I so. think
3: part of that transition has also been for my dad, especially. COVID sort of helped him wrap his mind around retirement. Mm -hmm. Um, When we were at home for a long period of time, he was still working from home and that sort of gave him a taste of what retirement could look like. And um, he's a hardworking man and has been in this career for 40 plus years. And so um, just being able to see what that freedom in retirement looks like was good for him. And so he has sort of embraced it in the last, I'll say, year and a half, two Mm -hmm. years or so. Um, he's truly stepped out of like the day-to-day functions. He still likes to know about things, but he is not making any decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, he, we consult him when we need it. Um, my mom is still working on sort of what that looks like. Um, she loves being with people. She is a people person. And so the idea of not coming to the office every day to see people is hard for her. So, for her it's sort of wrapping her mind around the retirement aspect like what do i do with my time that's the hardest part but i think the the thing that we have to be most sensitive about is that this is and was their livelihood this is their baby that they're giving to us um and so respectfully making these choices and decisions it was a whole lot of i'm going to say lack of communication on all of our parts sort of like a dtr mm-hmm. um in who does what. So after we finally got past the whole now you're officially in charge and I'm not in charge anymore because for the longest time there were four business owners with four decision makers. And that was just confusing to everyone even amongst ourselves like it was do I need to talk to you before I make this yeah. decision? Do we need to collaborate on this? What is this? So after we sort of got past that and cleared that up, it made things a whole lot easier. And it's not to say that we don't ever talk to them about anything. We do. But knowing that we are the decision makers made it a whole lot easier, which allowed us to make the decisions for the differences that the changes that we might be making, that was helpful. And so I think that was a big piece that caused a lot of turbulence
0: along the way and now that you've kind of gotten through that mud that muddy waters what how have you guys decided to divide and conquer what are each of your roles in terms of the day to day operations yeah
2: so um i i manage all of the operational side of the business so our mitigation work um, and restoration work um, management reports to me and then the construction side So we have a, uh, we've built out a construction division um, that's taken about three and a half years to really get going and um, turn a profit on. And we've uh, broken that out and we're starting to brand that into a separate company uh, for kind of long-term vision, something that lasts beyond um, what we're currently doing. Um, But it's been, so the operational side reports directly to me. Um, And then Brittany is super gifted and talented in administration, has the gift of administration. So she oversees all of the admin functionality um, and is a lot of HR and accounting and then met all of our office staff uh, and office management report to her. So
3: the 30 second version that I would give you, what I tell people is that Mac runs the whole thing (laughs) and I do um, payroll and I pay bills. that's, that's <laughs> not true at all. <laughs> I think I think you're cutting yourself a little short yeah, there. Yeah, well, way short. Well, part of it also comes with like that's how I also think about it in terms of time. I want to, and I am sort of a stay-at-home mom. Um, I was more so two years ago a stay-at-home mom than I am now. So that was also an awkward conversation talking about transition in a family business. Yeah. I was in it. We're in it. But yet, I also have this this desire to stay home well, then you don't want the family business. Well, that's not it. Um, But my priority is I want to be able to invest this time with our kids before they have to go off to school. Um, Not saying no forever, but no for a season. But the season happens to be when they're wanting to transition into retirement. And so it's really muddy. Um, So I had made it to where I was working functionally, just like one day a week. Um, I had certain projects that I was working on. I had, I we had hired out and done everything. So I didn't have daily tasks. Um, but then through one of those transitions, Mac was talking about in personnel. Um, we got a two week notice that basically resulted in, in two weeks, um, our office manager left, which meant all of her duties, um, which are a lot of day-to-day functions. Yeah. Now we're not going to be done unless it was myself. Um, and at the time I was about four and a half months pregnant also. So I had that on my shoulders knowing I have to learn a whole new role that I've never done. I don't know any, I'm not qualified for this. I don't know how to do any of it. And on top of that, in about four months I'm going to have a baby and have to maintain all of these things like payroll, like paying bills, um, things that don't just stop. So, um, between my mother and I, we sort of picked up on that because I was, I was only working maybe eight hours a week. Um, so, we had to, my mom and I both sort of teamed up to take care of that. Um, And so we transitioned to that. I was able to manage through that. I started going back to work about three days a week, not full-time, but I'd say about 15-ish hours a week, give or take. I do as much as I can in those 15 hours. Um, After I had the baby, I continued on. Um, I still did payroll. She was like five days old. I went in and did payroll week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, I understand that.
3: So... We did it. We've survived. Um I have gotten a better grasp on those like necessary evils of the business. So I've become more efficient in that um we've implemented a lot of things to help with efficiency and to make it more replicable for when we can hire someone into that. Um and then after I came back from my maternity leave, um I started taking over more things that my mom had taken over when that person left so that now I can then allow my mom the freedom to fully actually retire. Um, and not have those day-to-day, week-to-week functions. Um, she she has a few odds and end things that she does. So I've taken over that more, but in that I'm still only working about 15 hours a week. So my efficiency in doing those things um, has improved so I can take on those extra tasks through different programs or processes that we've been implemented.
1: Yeah, that totally makes sense. So, you know, thinking about the kids and like most parents, you know, they have separate jobs. They don't work together every day. They don't own businesses. Your kids have the advantage of you guys own a business. What do you hope that your kids are learning from seeing the two of you work together as entrepreneurs?
2: Man, that's a great question. I think for me, honestly, just our, the engagement with our kids in all of life um, that I think a lot of people are separating um so like we have a phrase at our church that we go to that, that there's no sacred secular divide. It's all sacred. And I kind of apply that to our family that like all of life is about our family. It's not like I, I have work and then I have my family or I go to work and then I come home. Um, for me, I want to see, I want to be able to, to let our kids see the work that we do and the blessing that it is that, the work that mom and dad does is providing certain things for their future, whether they want to take over a business at some point in their lifetime or just the financial benefit that it brings to pay for college one day or, you know, we have the, the structure and support there. Um, but then, too, I think just not separating our, our work and our business from our family allows them to be a part of what we're doing. Um, which I think helps, it it really helps not see our kids become bitter toward the entrepreneurial neural mindset that we have in the businesses that we're trying to grow that, oh, dad's away at another project. Mm -hmm. Um, well, them being a part of what we're doing on a regular basis. And, um, even something as simple as them coming into the office and hanging out while we do our work, um, to see the importance of it, to communicate to our kids that, um, you know, the reason that we get to take a vacation is because mom and dad work really hard on growing a business that affords us the time to go. Um, inviting them into that space, I think is going to fight against a lot of bitterness when mom or dad are, are gone for work or something like that. So right.
3: it also, so because I was working for my parents when we had our first son, Um, he got to come to work with me and I had like an admin message title role. Um, I did a little bit of everything, some marketing, some admin. Um, but my son came to work with me every day for nearly two years. Um, and so it was hard. Please don't ask me how I did it. I look back at it. I I have no idea. (laughs) Um, but I mean, eight to five, he came with me every day. Um, he would go with me to marketing events if I was going. Um, he goes with me to golf tournaments. Our kids still love going to golf tournaments when we sponsor them. Um, we don't play in them, but we'll sponsor them and they think it's a blast. Um, and so I did enjoy, and I would tell people even when he was, you know, right at about a year or so and going to work with me, like, you know, why, or how do you do this? I'm like, well, you know what though? Like he sees that what mommy does, like mommy is working and this is good. And like, this is how I can be involved. And the chance for me to even engage with him throughout the day, right? Like I have to go pick up these things off the copier and I grab them and he can go with me and he gets to press the buttons on the copier. Um, and so like little moments like that, um, were just
0: fun.
2: Our paper cost went up during that
0: season. <laughs> I have a picture of our son, and because I did the same thing. I worked from home a couple of days, and then I was in the office. I have a picture of him in the swing in my office. And I had a whole separate set of everything at work. At work. My office was not presentable to anyone, Ew. <laughs> Ew. because it was just a mess.
3: And then once he got to the stage of like, he could crawl around, pull things out. Like, I just had stuff all over my office all the time. I accepted it um, as it was. He learned how, I will say, like a skill set, he learned how to play by himself well. And he also learned skills like he can, imaginative, like he could play with pins. I gave him ink pins to play with, you know, like little yeah. things like that.
2: I think ultimately it's helped with their development too as individuals. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that, especially with our firstborn. I mean, he's he's so insanely developed as, as a person at um, only five years old. It's just incredible. And he's, he's got certain social cues that most five-year-olds don't, um, you know, and I, I don't know if it does or not, but I feel like his involvement in being, coming to the office and things like that, being around an adult environment more so than most kids has helped with his personal
3: development. And that was me too. I, I was an only child that grew up, um, in the office with my parents. Um, I was with my mom and when she went to work, I went with mom to work. Um, and so that was the same thing I was in and around adults, um, most of my youth. And so I, yeah, it does develop a sense of maturity and responsibility, um, that you don't always see. I will say growing up, um, one thing that I don't necessarily regret, but that I learned from that I try for us not to replicate is that like at the dinner table, um, because my parents were in a family business, Mm -hmm. they would get home from work and they would talk about jobs and things and work. And I remember sometimes, like, as I got older, they're like, well, you know, Brittany, you're not engaging with us in conversation. You're not talking, you're not doing this. And I'm like, I don't have anything to say. I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Like, I, I don't know anything about this. And so that's one thing I've sort of kept in the back of my mind growing up. Like we can talk about work and sometimes like it's a necessary evil, right? Like when you're talking about your day, you're talking about work, but the more detailed we get, I want to make sure that we don't exclude our children at the dinner table, especially from those conversations, like we keep it to a certain level, so that we can either explain what's happening to them, or things about it, but particularly, we move on quickly enough to where we're not excluding them from
0: conversation. It's really good that you're being aware of that, though. So you guys are talking to us today from the ServPro conference, continuing ed and learning and developing clearly is important to you guys. Is there a particular book or tool or resource that you think has helped you uh, to get to where you are so far?
2: Yeah, there there are a few layers. Um, One, I mean, our ServPro corporate as a headquarters has provided a ton of resources for us to be really good at what we do in our industry. Um, so that's one layer. Uh, the next layer is the network of franchise owners within our system um, that we, and and I'm probably more so than Brittany, but I've networked really well with a lot of these guys and gals yeah. that own franchises. Many of them are husband, wife teams, um, similar to us. And uh, from all levels, they've just a wealth of knowledge in our industry that I can call on and and figure out how to how do they run their business and what suggestions they have for us and um and then the other layer is i really enjoy reading books so i read a ton of leadership books um and one of my one of my favorite books um is lead like it matters to god that book is a wealth of knowledge he's one of the he's the author was a ceo of multiple companies um, and now he runs um uh, one of the largest ministry organizations in the globe on the, oh, wow. on our globe. Um, and so he's, he's a h- incredible leader and a wealth of knowledge, but, um, you know, a few other books, John Maxwell's, um, book, great leaders ask good questions, um, yeah. or I might have that flipped: good leaders ask great questions. One of the two has been really helpful to me.
3: So I, I grew up going to these Surf Pro conventions. My parents always took me. So, go, even going back to like having your kids involved, Surf itself um, was started as a family business. And so, it has a very family vibe to it. So, even t- coming to convention, there are lots of kid friendly things to do. But one of the things that my parents always made me do when I would come to convention, and I never really put up a bike because I did enjoy it, you know, they would allow me to free range, you know, you can go do whatever you want while we're in class. But for these general sessions, we want you to hear the keynote speaker. So whoever that Serpro would come in, I had to listen to the keynote speaker, um, motivational speaker, whatever you want to call them. Um, so I had the privilege to listen to people like in person, like Zig Ziglar, Andy Andrews. I've, I've heard all of these people speak live um, because of what Serpro has given us. Um, and so I've read and I've seen lots of these people live. So that's always helpful to me. And even that was sort of something that gave me the sense of like, there's something more I've always enjoyed leadership in general, but the specific resources that I can think of, one of them was a result of a sort pro convention. Um, Stephen Covey was his name. He came and spoke. He has a book called four DX. Um, so the number four letter D and letter X, um, which is the four disciplines of execution. And it's a book about setting goals and a attainable goals Um, And it's just it's a process book. That's who I am. I like processes. I like checking things off the list. And that book uh, does it to a T. And so it just explains a lot of how you can get to the attainable goal. Um, And just, I don't know, that's a
0: great resource that I've used. That's great. I love that you guys have dug into leadership and are continuing to learn because that's because we do the same thing we're always listening and looking for new books and new resources um yeah. I, I think it really helps and I um my mom listened and my parents listened to Zig Ziglar and tapes in the car because I'm so old that we do tapes um <laughs> tapes and all those kind of things so I remember at like 10 and 11 listening to all of those kind of people too so I yeah. love that yeah. and I love that you brought the kids to the conference with you just like yeah. your parents it, brought,
1: brought you. Well, Mac, Brittany, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate you taking the time. How can people find your business if they're just interested in learning more about you? Yeah, so um, lots of
2: ways. Um, nationally, they can go to ServPro.com and read a lot. That's um, our corporate website. Um, if they want to learn more about us individually um, in our franchise, ServPro, Cape Girardeau's Cape Girardeau and Scott Counties. We're on Facebook, Instagram.
3: Which is in Southeast um, Missouri, if you can't ever spell Girardeau.
2: Yeah. yeah,
3: <laughs> it's, it's French. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. We're not really sure why exactly Cape stayed in the name because we're on the Mississippi River. There was a Cape at one point, but it's gone now. I, anyway, it's a thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're on, on social media. Uh, we have an individual website, Google page, things like that, so they can Google us and
3: You can find Mac on LinkedIn.
2: I don't do a whole lot socially. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Thank
1: you so much. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate
2: it. Thank you, guys.
0: Craig, I think the great thing about being in a family business and being in a partnership with your spouse is that sometimes you can... um, team up to make sure that things get done in a way that you might not necessarily do when you're just working with coworkers. Brittany and her mom coming together, even though Brittany was pregnant and getting ready to have this baby, to figure out what needs to be done so that things don't, balls don't get dropped and that gave them time to work out hiring and reevaluating that position was really amazing.
1: Yeah. I think, I think for me, like one of the things, it was really interesting interview cause we didn't know a lot about him until we got the chance to obviously sit and talk with him. And it was really interesting to me to hear how much, uh, our lives paralleled each other in the f- sense of a family business. So, you know, Brit it's Brittany's family's business. So like. Our business that you and I run. It's your family's business. And so it was very similar situation where she kind of came back and ran it and then the and then you know, Mac got involved and same with me that I got involved. And it's it's really interesting to go through those parallels of like the challenges that they went through with their family and the challenges that we had to go through.
0: What can we do to help other families? not go through those experiences the best way to learn is from seeing where other people succeeded and failed and I really liked how Max said um, a family business is like a dance you're trying to figure out how to lead without stepping on each other's toes especially when you're making that transition and I know that was difficult for us as well sometimes
1: yeah and it's and it's really hard and he kind of talked about how it's really hard to like you can't really replicate what the last generation did so you really have to try to lead your own style do your own thing create your own company and you and I did that with your family's business. And it sounds like they're really doing that with their family's business. Um, but it, it's definitely one of those things where I think about when you talk to somebody like this and you think about what you and I went through with our family business, like, yeah, you want to get these people, uh, you know, that are going to do this multi-generational thing and talk to them and meet with them and help them understand, uh, what they, what it's going to entail. Because I think when you're, especially when you're the kid coming into the parents' business it I think it's hard for you and generally you're at a young age it's hard for you to really sort of say hey it's got to change this is how it has to change and so there's there's this really struggle of power and understanding and what each other's needs are for the first I mean for us it was I don't know a decade almost of like running a business as a family
0: yeah and I wish we had had more connections with people who were doing the same thing we were doing or had been through it because you do learn by example and we've run into people since then that I feel like we've given them good things to think about and whether they've continued to pursue their relationship of taking over their family business or not it definitely until you you don't know what you don't know until it comes up sometimes and you find that out from talking to people and interacting with other people who've been through it
1: and and I think that you know you you need to think about and we didn't think about this, and it sounds like they had challenges thinking about this, is like when you have you know, four business owners, you have four decision makers, you have four thoughts, and you have four ways of people, the way people think it should be done. And so sometimes it's hard you know, for your team and for your employees to understand who's leading, who's telling you what to do, who's in charge.
0: Well, and I think one of the best things that people, advice that people gave to us was, don't think about the person, think about the role whether it's an owner or somebody who's been with your business for 30 years in this position what is the job description of this position what is their lane and that really kind of helped us solidify staying in our own lane and not overstepping too much on each other's toes I mean we still have those discussions as owners but the actual functioning of getting things done it really helped us it's not Craig doing it it's what does the sales manager do? What does the general manager do?
1: And long term, that helps you take your business from being a practice into maybe even a sellable entity um, because of, you know, you're, you're now able to replace that position. And it's not about the person, it's about the role.
0: Right, and that's one of my big projects right now is I'm writing down things I'm doing and are they general manager things? Are they owner things? Or are they things I really shouldn't be having my fingers into?
1: Right, so, um, you know, it was really... Really great having Mac and Brittany on. Uh, check them out. Serve Pro of Cape Girardeau in Scott Counties. Um, you can find Mac Davenport. He's all over LinkedIn. So definitely check him out. Like him on LinkedIn. And, and and they're willing to share their story and talk to you about, you know, what they had to go through as well. So um, definitely check that out. Also, don't forget to check out Audible. Audible.com sponsors our show. You can go to audibletrial.com slash bizmarried. You can get a free 30 days of Audible on us. You can listen to... Uh, a ton of books.
0: Yeah, Mac and Brittany shared a bunch that they liked. Be Our Guest revised and updated edition, The per- Perfecting the Art of Customer Service. It's the Disney Institute book. Um, they talked about the four disciplines of execution, um, achieving your wildly important goals by Chris McChensley. Um, Good Leaders Ask Great Questions by John Maxwell. So, I mean, there were just tons of great things out there that you should check
1: out. Yeah, so definitely check that out, audibletrial.com slash Biz Married. Well, we'll be back in another two weeks with another show. Don't forget, you need to look for us online. You can find us on social media. We're on Instagram at BizMarried. That's Biz with a Z. Uh, You can find us on Facebook, Married with a Business. Um, You can find us pretty much anywhere. Also, check out our website, MarriedWithABusiness.net. It's got everything about us. It's got a lot of our... Uh, resources, things that we talk about. You can find old episodes on there. You can find books that we recommend, uh, websites we recommend, those kind of things. You can also learn more about us and find us as uh, public speakers. You can uh, talk to us about being on the show. We love to hear people's stories about being married couples that own and operate a business together. We love to hear stories about multi-generational businesses too, people who are taking over family businesses because that's something else that we're really passionate about as well. So check that out marriedwithabusiness.net. Thanks for listening everybody and remember not only is it important to focus on your business but also your marriage because we're married with a business.